Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So tonight we continue Romans chapter 2, verse 10. A great verse to begin. Here we go. But there will be glory. Someone say glory. Glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. Wow, that is three great things right there. God promises you glory and honor and peace if you do good. You know, Scripture explains Scripture. Another verse in the New Testament says, Do not get tired or weary of doing good, because in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't. So this is doing something weird, isn't it? All right. I was like, man, is my, am, I, am I wavering in my voice? Man, I better, be, I better act right. So interesting. So Scripture says, do not be weary in well-doing, because in due season you will reap a harvest if you faint not. Thank you. Scripture also says in Proverbs, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I don't know why I've brought this up several times in the last few months, but a few times at least. So even during tough times, you've got to do good. Are you all with me? We've all been there. Maybe you've done it or you've seen someone that's done it, that they have a terrible tragedy and they stop serving God. They think that's a license to go out and get hooked on a drug or go out and go act a fool. Or, and look, I brought this up last week. This is a hard fact of life. When we're going through stressful times, our carnal, the carnal nature of us, the Apostle Paul talked about that. He said, the good that I want to do, I don't do it sometimes. What I should be doing, I don't do it sometimes. Well, you're in a war against the flesh. Even though you're a believer, you still have a soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. We're going to talk more about that in June, um, a series on, on all, of, all of you, your spirit, soul, and, uh, your spirit, soul, and body. But your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And many times when you go through stressful seasons, you've been there. Think about it. Just take a moment and think about it. When you go through stressful seasons, you tend to start relying on old bad habits. Have you ever noticed that? I was talking to someone before service about bad habits. You, when you're struggling, you may stumble back into lust. And it doesn't mean you've fallen deeply into sin if you don't give in but you struggle with temptation for those old weaknesses. Have you ever had that? Here's an example. You go through a stressful time, and what do you do? Maybe you start worrying, and that's an old weakness. Maybe you get angry. Maybe you want to punch someone out, like Nathan did, and force them to accept Jesus. I don't know. Or maybe, who knows, it may be lust. It may be, oh, lack of trust. Or, man, I'm struggling with unbelief now because I'm, I'm walking through this valley of shadow of death. That's okay, but you don't stay there, and you don't need to make it a habit of giving in into temptation. If you mess up, confess your sin, walk away from it, because, look, there's glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good regardless of the season. It doesn't say for all who do good when they're, they're feeling well. All who do good when they feel like it. For those who do great and do good and serve God when times are easy. No, that's, that's like a fair-weather friend, isn't it? It's easy to praise God when times are good, but man, how about times are tough? That's a real testing of your faith. I take great pleasure in worshiping God when times are miserable. I can specifically recall certain times in my life where, man, I had a loss, like when mom went to heaven. 
the man, it was tough. And y'all, y'all felt the loss. Many of you who knew my mom, you loved her and cried for her and wanted her to be here. But she crossed over into heaven in 2018. I, I believe it's, I think it's tomorrow on the calendar, the 26th. But I remember that day I said, God, this feels awful. But I'm going to praise you. And Jen said, baby, make, make sure and eat. So I made a bad choice because I was stressed out. I went to McDonald's. But I remember I went to McDonald's and I invited someone to church, gave them eye, eye contact and treated them kindly and said, man, had God has something for your life. I just I thought, man, Lord, what a great way to just honor you and worship you and give you praise on a day that I don't, man, I don't feel like doing anything. When you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23 talks about it. Some of you say, man, I've been in a great season for a while. That's, that's good, but seasons change. You say, man, are you trying to freak me out, Pastor Matt? Well, maybe. If I can freak you out, maybe I'll keep you awake and ready. There will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile, regardless of season. Seasons change. You've got to put God first. Treat other people right. Man, do your best. And you're going to have some funky times. You ever just, I mean, you, we make mistakes even as believers, but we don't practice sin. The goal is to not practice sin. We have weaknesses. Man, you've got to renew your mind in certain areas. The world is a strange place right now. I'm going to talk this Sunday about letting your light shine. That's one of our major responsibilities as believers, and there's several things I'm going to talk about. But you guys heard about the shootings and stuff? The world's not getting better. I'm sorry. But the good news is, is God's still faithful. He's still on the throne. The good news is there's hope. Man, more than, man, I'm going to tell you right now. I am middle-aged now. It gives me great privilege and joy to say I'm middle-aged. Some people are like, man, I want to get younger. Not me. I don't want to do it again. I may foul it up worse. My grandpa said the same thing. My dad said, hey, dad used to call his father-in-law brother. He'd say, hey, brother. He'd say, uh, they were close. It was my dad, my uh, mom's dad, Grandpa Treadwell, was my dad's mentor. Taught him a lot. He was a man of God, a pastor, a missionary. One time my dad said, hey, would you do it again? He said, no, Fabian, I don't want to do it again. I may ruin everything. It may be worse than the second time around. I'm glad to be at this age where I can say, man, God has been faithful. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I'm not old yet, but I can say this. Let me Can I modify a little bit? I was young, and now I'm middle-aged, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But I still have memories of the 70s, and the world has changed, not just haircuts. Not just bell bottoms and all that, because everything's in, really. It feels like it to me. I'm not very stylish. I remember the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, and uh, the world has changed. Some of y'all have been alive a little longer than me. You have a little more experience than me. The world has changed. Those of you that are younger than me, you know it's changed. Cell phones and everything else. My first cell phone was in 1995, June of 1995. And I thought, man. What a good deal. Man, this is great. I think I was paying $25 a month for 30 minutes. 
what a good deal. And it was stuck in my, <laughs> it was in my 1992 Pontiac Grand Am, bright red, and it would, you'd plug it into the lighter. And I'd get excited, man, get on the phone and forget and double my bill just about every month and struggle to pay it. 19 years of age. Things change, but also people's fear of God has changed. It's lessened. So this verse becomes more and more poignant, more and more relevant, significant, look, and timely. There will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. you got to keep doing good, man. Somebody, there's somebody on the live stream tonight. I can feel this by the Spirit of God. We're all going to catch the overflow of this. But there's somebody on the live stream tonight. I don't believe they're in this house, and I don't believe they're on the recording to follow, although we're all going to benefit from it. There's somebody tuning in on the live stream tonight, and you've struggled with consistently doing good. I don't know who you are, male or female, man or woman. But God says, now is the time to sow seeds of righteousness. Now is the time to do good consistently, not tomorrow. And it confirms that you know who you are. God is speaking to you. I may never hear from you. I may never know who you are if you don't tell me or tell somebody. And you don't have to. It's between you and God. But it's time to get it right now. Stand up and be counted for the kingdom of God. Stop being wishy-washy about the things of God. That's a word from the Lord for you. I don't know who you are. Get into it. There will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. You know what I love? Is even though God is a God of boundaries, he has reward, and I brought this up last week, reward and consequence. He always rewards his people well for serving him. Always. Someone say always. He always rewards his people for serving him well. Let's move on to the next verse. For God does not show favoritism. Man, you say, man, because of my culture, my background, I was born under privilege, the wrong side of town. The that doesn't matter. Remember, we've been talking about this for a while, too. A lot of good repetition tonight and review. God sees two classes of people on the planet now. It's not even Jew and Gentile anymore because of the New Testament. Because of what Jesus did, he says, he's, he says and he sees my people and not my people now. That's it. My people and not my people. That's who God sees now. For God does not show favoritism. One translation says, God is no respecter of, pers respecter of persons. Look at this verse. When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed, even though they, had, they never had God's written law. Why? Because God has boundaries. Man, <laughs> Romans is tough. Someone say, man, this is a tough book. It's tough, huh? They're not pulling any punches, man. The Apostle Paul's not pulling any punches here. When the Gentiles sin, those are non-Jews, they'll be destroyed even though they never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged what? By that law when they fail to obey it. Did you know Scripture says it would be better for people to have never known than to know and walk away from it? It'd be less judgment for them. Man, but when you know, you're responsible for it already. You're responsible for it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. Was anybody around last night for the hailstorm? Man, it was loud. We have a garage. It's so cool, man. We we'd, we'd pulled, over the course of the evening, we pulled one vehicle, and one vehicle left, and went to somebody else's garage. <laughs> Long story. And then I pulled my vehicle in there. But did you know just because I was in, in the garage, it didn't make me a truck, did it? Just because I'm at, what's a fancy, semi-fancy, Nordstrom, it doesn't make me a fashionista, does it? 
My wife laughs because I'm so far from fashionista. We're excited when I match. We should tweet about it. If I use Twitter, I mean, but maybe I'll start again. Merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. The book of James says we got to be not just hearers of the word, doers of the word. You know what the book of James also says? It says those that just hear the word and then forget about it and don't do it, they're like someone who looks in the mirror and forgets what they saw in the mirror. You ever done that? Some of you out of habit may look at the mirror 15 times in the morning. And that I don't think that's weird. It might, But there's my point. You, you walked away from the mirror and go, man, did I, did I look in the mirror? You were thinking. You were praying. You were thinking about, man, Lord, that dude, if he don't quit, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you, you know, you were talking to yourself. But you've looked in the mirror and you forgot about it. That's what people do because the word is a mirror. It shows us what's right and what's wrong. Merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. Watch this. Let's hang hang out on this verse just for a moment. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. You know what's cool, though? This is so powerful. Jesus simplified it all down to love God and love others. If you love God and love others, you you don't even have to memorize the Ten Commandments in order because you're not going to steal from people you love. You're not going to dishonor God and put other gods before him. You're not going to commit adultery because you love your spouse. You're not, man, if you're walking in love, you're going to treat people with kindness. You're not going to covet or desire the stuff they have. Man, Jesus simplified everything. Thank God. He not only tore the veil to the temple to give us access to the Holy of Holies as common folk. We don't have to be the high priest of Israel anymore. You just, you can be, by the blood of Jesus, you can be right with God. How? One word. You are right with God by faith now. And when you are right with God by faith, you obey the word. The Jews call the word the law. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. And how, do you, how can you obey it? I mean, you say, man, I can't do the whole thing. I can't do it all. Just believe and trust him for his grace. Even Gentiles, okay, we already did that. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law, This is powerful. I like this right here. Even Gentiles, non-Jews, who do not have God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. Huh. Scripture said in chapter 1 that God has revealed himself so everybody knows, they really know by, by the sky and the earth and the how fantastic and in order the universe is. Did you know the universe runs on mathematics? The universe is so perfect in its movements that Johannes Kepler, I think it was in the 14 or 1500s, I don't remember when, Johannes Kepler, I believe he was Austrian from Europe. He came up with his three laws of planetary motion. Don't get bored on me yet. But it's crazy. Because of that, you can now put his calculations into Software, they have computer software now, and you can rewind time to see the exact position of the stars for certain world events. By doing that, a lawyer, the guy's bright, but he's not an astronomer, a lawyer figured out exactly what happened and when Jesus was born and what the star was that the three wise men followed. 
all because God placed it in the universe. Even Gentiles, they don't have God's written law, but they have the stars. Did you know that the zodiac, people use that for astrology, for predicting? We don't do that. But God did write his story in the stars. Let me just say this right now. This is how big your God is. Scripture says Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. God knew he was... God said, man, when I create these people, they're going to mess up. I'm going to have to go as a sacrifice to redeem them for myself. When Jesus was born, we now believe because of this empirical evidence and the calculations and looking at astronomy and the position of the stars and all kinds of scriptural evidence as well and clues. We now believe, look at this, this is crazy. Some of you are going to go, what? I don't, I don't know if I care about that. Check it out. Just bear with me. There was not only a conjunction of planets when Jesus was born, and it made it the brightest star in the history of the world up to that point, or at least the brightest star anyone had ever remembered or seen in their lifetime. But it was two planets. And it was Jupiter, they call it the king planet. It's the largest planet in the solar system. And it met, guess what? Venus, the mother planet. And then at one point, Jupiter did something quirky in the sky, and it's, this is all with retrograde and different things. Stuff looks like it's moving back and forth in the sky because of their rotation around the sun, right? And also, as we rotate around the sun, we're seeing other stars and planets and different things, but we're rotating around the sun, and other Planets are doing the same thing. So it makes them do quirky things in the sky. And when Jesus was born, Jupiter, the king planet, did something like this. It looked like a crown. So you got the king planet doing a king movement in the shape of a crown over the star Regius, which is the king star. King, king, king. Only God could do that. People had no clue when they said, oh, no, Jesus... No good thing comes out of Galilee. He wasn't from Galilee. He was born in Bethlehem, just like the prophets predicted. And it was written across the stars. The same man of God says that at the time Jesus was conceived, he believes it was the time of Jesus' conception, that Virgo, the symbol of the virgin, was up there in the sky right near, guess what? I forget, some of these I might be messing up a little bit, but the, it was a perfect prediction from Revelation. It was a woman standing with the moon at her feet, and it was a new moon, so you couldn't even see it. It was a crescent moon, and it was a, the, beginning, the symbol of the beginning of a life. All these crazy symbolic things, and God saying, I'm coming for you. He was saying to me and you, I'm coming for you, and I promised, and here I am. And it was written in the stars. Why did I get into all this? Gentiles, they don't even have God's written law. They show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it. But gent people who never had God's law can look in the night sky and go and study the night sky and say, wow, there is a God. Look at all this stuff. The Hubble telescope shows us now that there's not only 100 billion galaxies out there, plus, that's what they're estimating, but each galaxy could have in excess of 100 billion, billion stars per galaxy. Does that, like, I can dazzle my friends with all these numbers, but I don't even know what they mean they're so big. 
all because God cared enough to rescue you. And he gave us his word. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. God, the king of kings, my goodness. And all this was happening in the night sky. And guess what other constellation was there near Virgo at one point? And, and this course of events with God predicting his own coming in the form of Jesus. This stuff was happening in the constellation of Leo, the lion, which is a symbol of the tribe of the Lion of Judah. Unbelievable. Only God could do that. People, there are people who say, you know what? Yeah, that God you serve, I've read about. I've read about him and read about Jesus. And a lot of those prophecies, he fulfilled them because he, he was trying to fake it, that he was... Can you imagine controlling when you're born? Can you imagine controlling when you're born and what's happening in the sky and where you're born, when and where and how and all this stuff? Only God could do that. And don't you forget, don't you ever become ashamed of who you serve, ever. God has said in his word emphatically, my people will never be ashamed. How do, how do you not suffer shame? Number one, you walk in humility. Number two, you trust him. You'll, you never have to be ashamed. It may look like the... The, the wicked are winning, but they're not. Even Gentiles, non-Jews who do not have God's written law, show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. Next verse, look at this. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts. Wow. For their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they're doing right. Even before you came to God, many of you in here, you, you knew there was a difference between right and wrong, huh? When you were in the world? You'd say, man, this, this, don't, this don't feel right. This is weird. I, sh I don't know what I should be doing, but it ain't this. This ain't it. I think it's Pastor Larry used to tell uh, uh, Pastor Joel Stocksill, that ain't it, Joel. That ain't it. And you know how it is. You remember when your, your former life, you said, man, this ain't it. This ain't it. Your conscience would accuse you, man. Let's move on. And this is the message I proclaim, Paul says, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. Mm. Let me go back to that verse. You should have a secret life, but it should be godly. Everybody has a public, private, and secret life. I mean, you, you're going to have a life where you, you shower alone, you go to the restroom, you, you're alone. Nobody knows what you're doing to, except for God. This is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. And don't worry, this is not a message of condemnation. You've messed up in the past. Give that to God. Confess it, repent of it, move on, and turn away. But I believe, according to Scripture, not I believe, I know, I know and I believe, according to Scripture, that you're supposed to be godly at all times and full of integrity, in public, in private, and in secret. All right, let's move on. You who call yourselves Jews are relying. He's dealing with the Jews here pretty, pretty harshly, pretty strongly. You're relying on God's law, and you boast about your special relationship with him. Ooh. Let's keep going. You know what he wants. You know what is right because you've been taught his law. Hmm. That's for us now as well, too. Many of us have been taught the word now for a while. You're convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light, a light for people who are lost in darkness. This is also for modern believers, not just Jews now. We'll take it as it is. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God, for you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and what? Truth. Praise God. Well then, man, 
Look at him. He's hitting him hard. If you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? (laughs) You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry, but do you use items stolen from pagan temples? Wow. You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. It's interesting that preceding all of this was God's going to judge our secret life. No wonder the scriptures say, the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. Wow, that is strong. Remember, you're an example. People are looking at you. You don't want them talking bad about God because of our lives. We've got to be examples. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision has value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are no better off than what? Than an uncircumcised Gentile. Next verse. And if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God declare them to be his own people? Sure. In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's law will condemn you Jews who are circumcised and possess God's law, but don't obey it. Look at the simplicity of the gospel. I'm going to close with this tonight. We'll stop there. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. God's saying, build trust with me by obeying what I've given you. I've I've gone through all this trouble to give you the word, to do all of this, to write my story on the night sky, to write my story in the heavens. Scripture says the, the, the firmament, everything around us, declares the Lord's handiwork. It just it's proof of his existence. He says, I've done all this. All you gotta do is obey my word. Any questions tonight? I love asking that because y'all are like, I'm gonna start calling on people. At least, yeah, I'm just kidding. Let's bow, let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight, if you would, please. Thank you for being such amazing, humble, godly, hungry listeners tonight. Is there anyone in this house, <clears throat> just got to make sure, is there anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. If I die tonight, I don't know where I would go, heaven or hell. I really, I, I'm lost. Is there anyone in this house? that falls into that category. God bless you for your courage. We're going to make sure tonight. Had some hands go up. Let's all pray together. Make sure those of you that raised your hands that you pray out loud with the rest of us. We're going to pray as a church family. Someone say, Heavenly Father, I call out to you. Apart from you, I'm a sinner. I need your help, Lord. Forgive me. I've been wrong. I've grieved Your Holy Spirit, I've sinned against you. I need you to take away my sin by the sacrifice of Jesus. Say, I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be my Savior. Be my God. Come to live within me. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again. For me, I am saved by faith and grace and what you've done, Lord God. I believe Jesus is my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. Now let me pray a blessing over all of you. Father, let your word fall on good ground. Let it continue to fall on good ground even after we leave here. Let folks have recall of certain things that they need in their lives based upon what was spoken tonight, what was read tonight from your word. Your word, not my words, your word. Let it pierce hearts, let it change lives, let it transform. Lord, let us take it seriously. We don't know how long the world has, 
How, long, how much longer it's going to exist, we don't know. Many believe this is the beginning of the end. We don't know exactly, but we know this. We've got to be ready. We want to honor you, Lord God, not just tonight, but always, with our lives, with our obedience, with our godliness. We thank you, Father, because you're faithful. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Someone said, amen.